0: How you all doing today? Awesome, awesome. Uh, just so you know, I'm going to be really nice to the Patriot fans today, you know, the Bible says to be kind to your enemies. So, you know, just saying, I'm going to be nice to you all. So, I know you're in mourning today, so I'm just going to be kind, amen? That's, that's the kind of pastor you have. I just want you to know, see my heart. I want you to be, I'm just being vulnerable with you today, amen? All right, so today we're going to start our series on reset. And uh, I want to start by talking to you about why I'm doing Reset. So, you know, I'm on Facebook. I'm on social media. all You know, probably five or six channels of social media. And uh, I see a lot of things that people post. And uh, I'm just going to, I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody. I'm just going to speak the truth. But I see a lot of things in the new year going, this is going to be the best year of my life. You see those kind of posts all the time. 2020, it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm going to conquer the decade. and uh, I see all those things. And I, and I ask the question, really? Maybe it's going to be the most painful year of your life. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be the best year of your life. I hope it is. But the truth is, is that the only thing that we can actually control in our lives, and this is something we can control, and that is how we are going to grow. That's what's I, that is what I'm in control of. So instead of saying, you know, this is going to be the best decade of my life. You know, truthfully, in my life, uh, I've got a brother who, my, my only brother, who's going to probably go be with the Lord perhaps this next year because he has pancreatic cancer. And uh, so it may not, that's not going to be, a, you know, I, it's, a, it's a happy time for him because he's going to be with Jesus and he's going to get his mansion before me and all that stuff. And, you know, and, you know I've been arguing a little bit about that. But uh, it's gonna be sad because you know he's my only brother, and, and so 2020 may not be 20, 2020 may not be the most salvatory year that I have along the way. And so what I wanna do is I wanna take control of what I can actually control. And what I can control is how I respond to the things that happen to me, and how I can take those as opportunities. To allow the Spirit of God to teach me and to grow and, to, and just to allow Him to do His work in my life. And because the ultimate goal is not to be happy. The ultimate goal is to be like Jesus. That's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is truly, honestly, to be like Jesus Christ. That's the Father's will for your life. It's for you to respond in such a way that uh, you become, in, every, in your actions, in your love... In your, in your motivations, in your, in your sincerity, and all those kinds of things. God wants from you, God's working in your life to present you as the bride of Christ. And He wants you to be without spot and wrinkle, and to do that, you and I have to grow. God doesn't expect perfection out of our lives. What God expects from our lives is progress. So that's what I hope that you see and uh, as you approach 2020 and as we think about reset, what I want to do is kind of give you the platform to reset some things in your life that will give you the opportunity to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus. That's my hope and prayer for you. Does that make sense? You all in? Awesome. I'm, I'm glad you are because that's where we're going. <laughs> so today we, what I thought we would do is we're going to do kind of a different service. We rarely do communion in our weekend services, but once or twice, maybe three times at the most during the course of the year, we do communion. And the reason we don't do communion often in our weekend services is is because uh, it is a believer ceremony. It is it is it is geared towards believers. You, the prerequisite to taking communion is that you have to be a believer. You don't. Take communion so that you can become a believer. You are a believer and therefore you partake of communion. So because on any given Sunday, because of the kind of church we are and because how inviting we are to outsiders of the faith, we want them all to be with us. We want them we encourage them to be with us. There, on any given Sunday, there's 20 or 30% of our crowd that hasn't crossed that line of faith yet. So we don't wanna put them in a really awkward situation of communion, so we don't do it often, but today we're going to do it, and we're gonna slow it down a bit, and we're gonna make sure that you all understand what you're doing, and, and uh, maybe even facilitate a little healing along the way, maybe a little growth along the way as you think about what communion is. So having said that, let me just describe for you why we partake of communion, what, what the purpose of it is. Jesus, in the night, that he was crucified, the night before he was crucified, the night he was betrayed, took his disciples apart and partook of the Passover supper. That was an annual memorial feast that Israel had been given so that they could celebrate how God had delivered them from captivity. And so they, Jesus takes his 12 disciples into this upper room, this segregated, separated place. He didn't do it in the open square. He didn't do it in the crowds. He didn't do it any in any of those places. But he took just the 12. And he took them to this upper room. And he partook of this feast, which, in, you know, there was lots of things to this feast. But the most important thing that he did that night is he took two elements of the Passover supper, the Passover meal. One was a piece of bread, of unleavened bread, and the other one was a cup of wine. And he transformed them into a new celebration, a new way of thinking, a new covenant. And so, we're gonna just talk about those elements for just a minute and then we're gonna pass them in just a few minutes, not quite. But uh, just hang in there for just a second. So, so let me just explain to you uh, these two elements. The first element was unleavened bread. Leaven represented sin. And so this was unleavened bread. This represented the body, the physical body of Jesus, which was without sin. And it it represented His incarnation, the fact that He emptied Himself of the right to be regarded as God, took upon the form of a human being in in the simplest way that He could, born in a very simple village chose simple people to facilitate this. Mary, his mother, was one of them. And Joseph, who was the f- not the physical father, but going to be the father of Jesus as he was being raised, um, took those elements. And, and the miraculous result was that Jesus was born as we celebrated this Christmas, this, this virgin birth, this amazing virgin birth. And Jesus then grew in stature and wisdom, took upon all the things that you, all the temptations that you and I face, and all without sin, Jesus never once sinned. That's why it is unleavened bread, because it represents His sinless sacrifice of separating Himself from the Father, becoming a man and living among us so that we could see the invisible God. That's the bread. And then he takes, there were four cups that were passed around in the Passover meal, four cups of wine. And uh, one of those cups was called the cup of redemption. He takes the cup of redemption and he said, this is my blood. He didn't physically mean this is, this is physically my blood. He, this was all pictorial. He said, this represents something. And as often as you do it, this is what it represents. So the blood or the, or the wine represents the blood that Jesus was about to shed. And so these two pictures He gave for us. And the, the purpose of all that was that, let's just face it, you and I are very forgetful people, first of all, right? Come on now. You and I have a propensity to move in life and just forget about God. I mean, oftentimes, in the course of our day, we'll get up, and with all the best intentions in the world, we'll think about God maybe early in the morning, and then, and then the very next time we think about God is when we put our head on our pillow and, and, and we begin thinking, wow, that was quite a day, maybe I should have invited God into that. So we're forgetful people, right? And we're very, we're people that lack focus. We get, we're easily distracted. You know, I'll be preaching along and a cell phone will ring and I just have to answer it. You know what I mean? Just have to respond to it. I mean, I, I just, I'm so easily distracted. And that's such a, such a picture of how you and I function in life. We get so easily off course, even though we have the best intentions in life. And so Jesus, the night that he was betrayed, the night before his crucifixion, took this simple time apart from all the crowds and he said, As often as you do this, what I want you to do is I want you to do this in remembrance of me. That's, my friend, the reason that we partake of communion in our life. That's the reason that we celebrate it. It's a celebration. It's not a, it's, we're not having a memorial service here today. We're having a celebration of the, of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus our King. And we're doing it because. We want to set Him apart in our minds, in our hearts. We want, to, we want to take a moment and set Him apart in our day and just acknowledge how much He means to us and where we would be without Him and what He has done inside of our lives in terms of redemption and daily living and character and the things, the transformational stories that, that, uh, that have happened in our lives, how God has transformed us because of of this amazing God who loves us immeasurably. So with that... So there are three pieces of business we have to do before we actually partake together. First of all, if you are uncomfortable with partaking of community today, that's okay. So you just don't do it. It's alright. It's okay. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with saying I'm not ready. Uh, It's better for you to say I'm not ready than to do it in a, in a way that is superficial. And so that's the first piece of business. And so if you're sitting next to someone who doesn't partake, here's, here's the bottom line, don't judge. Don't judge because that's between them and God. The second piece of business that we need to take care of is the truth. That we need to partake of this genuinely and sincerely, we need to have a personal relationship to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So right now, where you're sitting, if you've never done that, if you've never transitioned that line of faith, and today you can do that right now by just in your heart, with sincerity and humility, just simply saying, today I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is God in human flesh. That he came into this world to die for my sins. I admit my own brokenness, my own sinfulness. And today I confess and believe that who Jesus is and was and his work for me on the cross, I just confess those two things. And if you do that, the Bible says that if you will will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that, that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. And so that's the second piece of business. Third piece of business is simply this. If you are a believer and, uh, and you partake of communion with bitterness or anger or resentment in your heart, I'm just telling you, listen carefully, that's a bad move on your part. Because you're inviting discipline of the Lord on your life and you don't wanna do that. And so I'm just simply saying right now, if there's somebody you need to forgive, I mean the ultimate act of hypocrisy is to partake of communion and rejoice in your salvation while you're holding someone else guilty. And so that is the ultimate act of pride, and it's the ultimate act of hypocrisy in our lives for you and I to hold on to those, that bitterness and anger and resentment in our heart when God has forgiven us for all of our sins, separated us from our sins as far as the east is from the west, throws them in the depth of the sea, remembers them no more, remembers our sins no more. Never again will I be brought into judgment before the living God over my sins. And so for me to be angry with you and to be resentful towards you would be ultimately a slap in the face to Jesus and what He has done in my life. And so let's just take a moment. Take a deep breath in. If there's someone you need to forgive, you don't need to go to them. And please don't go and tell them that you've been angry at them for 10 years. Because that's not helping them. Just simply, just simply in your heart say, Today I choose to release them to you, God. And I choose to forgive. That's such an important piece of our walk with God. That's the growth piece. Because here's... Here is what is going to happen in your life this year. Listen to me very carefully. L- give me eye contact when I say this to you. I am certain that you're going to get angry this year. I am, I am certain that you're going to get ripped off. Someone's going to offend you. And so the, the goal of the believer's life is to grow in how quickly we respond in forgiveness. That's growth. And, you know, the truth is, is that when you hold on to anger and resentment in your life, the only one that you're hurting is yourself. And as you're doing business with God, if there's a sin that you've been habitually going back to, this is a great time for you to say, God, I'm sorry. I really am. I'm sorry, God. And I commit to your power to overcome whatever it is that I need to overcome. So with that in mind if we've done you know good business with god we're now ready to partake of communion we're going to start with the bread and the bread represents as i said the incarnation of jesus and uh, his coming to this world so that you and i would have the opportunity to see the invisible god and i want you to think about the sacrifice that jesus made for you when he emptied himself of the right to be regarded as god when he went came into this world and He was criticized, He was brutalized, He was, he was mocked, he was, he was betrayed. In every human aspect, He suffered everything like you and I suffer, yet without sin. And He did that as a demonstration, not only of who the Father was, He did it as an act of obedience to His Father so that you and I could have an access to the Father. And so just think about where you would be tonight or today, this morning, where you would be, it's tonight somewhere by the way, where you would be this morning if it wasn't for His incarnation. And no matter what's going on in your life, the one thing that you can hold on to, trust me about this, I know this firsthand, a lot of bad things happen to good people. The one thing that I can hold on to in the midst of those things, the one thing that never changes. Is who Jesus is that never changes that's my anchor and so today as we partake of this bread let me just pray and then we'll eat it together Uh, let's just remember he's the anchor of our soul father thank you for your your gift of your son and Lord Jesus we want to say thank you we want to do this in remembrance of what you've done for us and Lord we just could never be thankful enough we have gratitude in our heart And I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. So let's partake together. The next piece that Jesus took from the Passover was the cup of redemption. And he said, this is my blood shed for you. And so this this is the picture of the sacrifice that Jesus would pay for your sins and mine. This shows us God's intent for us. When you think about Jesus' death on the cross, if you've ever doubted God's love, and I think everyone in this auditorium at some point, if you're human, has doubted God's love for you. You know, because we look in the mirror and we don't see what God sees, and we don't see all that God, how God loves us, and we, we can't imagine being loved unconditionally. But how do I know for sure? How do I know for sure that God loves me? And the answer to that question is, Is that while I was continually acting out in sin, according to the book of Romans, Christ died for me. At my worst moment, at my worst moment. In the original text in the Greek, it is, it's intensified, it's an intensified language. And it literally means while I was continually, aggressively acting out in sin, Christ died for me. And I don't know where you are, where you stand in your views, or where you stand in life, or what stature you have, whether you're rich or poor. But you know what? At this point, we all come to God. We all come to God today together on the same playing field. Broken sinners in need of the blood of Jesus. And without the blood of Jesus Christ, without the shedding of blood of Jesus Christ, you and I would be hopelessly lost in our sins. And we would be objects of the wrath of God for all eternity. And rightfully so, because we have all sinned against our Heavenly Father. We've all gone our separate ways. We've all been selfish. We've all acted out in in arrogance. We've We've all spoken wrong things. We've all acted in unkindness. That's what brings us all to the table. And the truth is, is that's why Jesus died for you. And so today we do this as we partake of this, this juice. This represents the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. And I want to remind you that this sacrifice was not just a gentle death, this was a brutal death. If you want to know God's intent towards you, you just look at the cross and you see the suffering of the cross, you see the hours spent in agony, you see, you see the separation between the Father and the Son where Jesus cries out from the, cr- the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When you see all of that, when you see all of that, then you know the depth of your own sin and the depth of your own redemption. And so we do this to celebrate our redemption, not in arrogance, not in pride, but in humility. We, we come before God and say, I do this to remember who Jesus is and was, and is to come. And as we partake of this, there's another time we're going to do it. At least one more time. And that is when we sit down with Jesus in in our Father's kingdom. And we will partake of that, this amazing element together, in the presence of Jesus Christ. And that is going to be something we look forward to and long for. No matter what you're going through right now, this is what I want you to hear me say, no matter what kind of pain 2020... We'll bring you whatever suffering you go through, whatever circumstances you go through. Here's what I know for sure. It's all temporary. It is all temporary. All suffering is in this side of eternity for the believer. Not for the unbeliever, but for the believer. And so for you and I, we're just passing through and the blood of Jesus Christ secures for us entrance to the other side. So Father, I just want to thank you and praise you and honor you and give you the glory for who you are and what you sent your son to do for us. And Jesus, I want to say to you, thank you. Thank you for saving a wretched sinner like me. And I pray these things in Jesus' holy and awesome name. Amen. Let's partake together. And as, as you just think about what you've just done, and just think about what Christ has done for you, I just want to remind you again that today is a great day to reset. And the goal of the reset is to reset your life for growth this year. To reset it for growth. You're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes this year. You're going to blow it. But here's what I know for sure. Is if you set your mind on growing, if you set your heart on growing, then you'll not be disappointed.